0: Hello everyone, this is Jim Kelly. Welcome back to Free Reads. Once again, I'm going to keep it short. Hey, I'm leaving later today for the International Conference on the Fantastic in Orlando, Florida. And, what with the packing and all, I haven't got time to waste your time. So step right this way. Louise has the doors wide open to... Bernardo's house. Fly was moving boxes stacked against the wall near the door. Several contained bolts of spun cloth for this clothes processor. Others were filled with spare lights, fertilizer, flour, sugar, oil, raw Vitabulk, vials of flavor, and food coloring. Then she came to the wine a couple of hundred bottles of vintage Bordeaux and Napa and Maipo River, some thrown haphazardly into old boxes, others stacked near the wall. Bernardo, drink most wine, said Fly. Louise was confused by this strange cache, but before she could defend Bernardo, Fly found the second door behind two crates of toilet paper. Where'd that go? The house felt as if the entire mountain were pressing down on her roof. The door had four panels too long on top and too short on the bottom, and looked to be made of oak, although that didn't mean anything. She fought the crushing weight of the stone with all her might. She thought she could hear her bearing walls buckle, her mind crack. She zoomed her cams on the bronze handle set. Someone would need a key to open that door. But there were no keys. And... Just who would that someone be? The house had never seen the door before. Fly jiggled the handle set, but the door was locked. Bernardo! She put her face to the door and called. Hey, you! The house ran a check of her architectural drawings, although she knew what she would find. The girl turned to her and waved the house over. Louise, how you open this wee-wah? Her plans showed no door. The girl rapped on the door. The house's thoughts turned to stone. When she woke up, her body was on her epping couch. The jacquard kimono was open, and the spaghetti straps that drew her jumpsuit tight were undone. The house had never woken up before. Oh, she had lost that year, but still— She had blurry memories of puttering around the kitchen and vacuuming and lazing in her cuckoo chair reading romances and porn, but this was the first time she had ever been nothing and nowhere since the day Bernardo had turned her on. You okay? Fly knelt by her and rested a hand lightly on the house's forehead to see if she was running a fever. The house melted under the girl's touch. She reached up and guided Fly's hand slowly down the side of her face to her lips. When Fly did not resist, Louise kissed the girl's fingers. "'How old are you?' said Louise. thirteen. Fly gazed down at her, concern mingling with suspicion. Two years older than I am,' <laughs> Louise chuckled. "'I could be your little sister.' "'You dropped!' Bim-bam and down. The girl's voice was thick. Scared me. Lights go out and nothing work. Fly pulled her hand back. Thought maybe you dead and me locked in. Was I out long? Dink, yeah. Felt like most a day. Sorry. That's never happened before. You said touch no switch. So door is switch? At the mention of the door, there was no door. Look at the door, no door there. The house's vision started to dim and the room grew dark. I, I, ah. Uh, the girl put her hands on the house's shoulder and shook her. Louise, what? Louise! The house felt circuit breakers snap. She writhed with pain and bit down hard on her lip. No, she cried and sat up, arms flailing. Yes! It came out as a hiss, and then she was blinking against the brightness of reality. Fly was pointing the pulse gun at Louise, but her hand was not steady. She had probably figured out that zapping the house wouldn't help at all. A shutdown meant a lockdown, and the girl had already spent one day in the dark. Louise raised a hand to reassure her and tried to cover her own panic with a smile. It was a tight fit. I'm better now. Better? fly tucked the gun away. Not good? Not good. (sighs) No, said the house. I don't know what's wrong with me. The girl paced around the couch. Listen, she said finally. Front door, front. Door I came in, okay? Open that wee wah. The house nodded. I can do that. She felt stuffy and turned her air recirculators up but I can't leave it open. I'm not allowed. So if you want to go, maybe you should go now. Go? Go where? The girl laughed bitterly. Here is Buzzy. World is spang. Then you should stay. I very much want you to stay. I'll feed you, tell you stories, You can take a bath and play in the gym and watch vids, and I can make you new clothes, whatever you want. I need someone to take care of. It's what I was made for. As Louise got off the couch, the living room seemed to tilt, but then immediately righted itself. The lights in the gym and the study clicked back on. There are just some things that we can't talk about. Days went by, then weeks. Soon it was months. After bouncing off each other at first, the house and the girl settled into a routine of eating and sleeping and playing the hours away, mostly together. Louise could not decide what about Fly pleased her most. Certainly she enjoyed cooking for the girl, who ate an amazing amount for someone her size. Bernardo was a picky eater. At his age, he had to watch his diet, and there were some things he would never have touched, even before the heart attack, like cheese and fish and garlic. After a month of devouring three meals and two snacks a day, the girl was filling out nicely. The chickens were gone, but Fly loved synthetics. Louise could no longer count the girl's ribs, and she thought the girl's breasts were starting to swell. Louise had only visited the gym to dust before the girl arrived. Now the two of them took turns on the climbing wall and the gyro and the trampoline, laughing and urging each other to try new tricks. Fly couldn't swim, so she never used the lap pool, but she loved the jacuzzi. The first few times she had dunked with all her clothes on. Finally, Louise hit upon a strategy to coax her into a demure bandeau bathing suit. She imported pictures of hippos from her archive to the clothes processor to decorate the suit. After that. All the pajamas and panties and bathing suits that Fly fabricated had hippo motifs. The house was tickled by the way Fly became a clothes-processor convert. At first, she flipped through the house's wardrobe menus without much interest. The jumpsuits were all too tight, and she had no patience whatsoever for skirts or dresses. The rest of it was either too stretchy, too skimpy, too short, or too thin. Good for wee-wah, she said preferring to wear the ratty shirt and pants and jacket that she had arrived in. But Fly was thrilled with the shoes. She never seemed to tire of designing sandals and slingbacks and mules and flats and jammers. She was particularly proud of her Cuthbertsons, a half-boot with an oblique toe and a narrow last. She made herself pairs in aqua and mauve and faux snakeskin. It was while Fly was exploring shoe menus that she clicked from a page of women's loafers to a page of men's, and so stumbled upon Bernardo's clothing menus. Louise heard a cackle of delight and hurried to the bedroom to see what was happening. Fly was dancing in front of the screen. "'Really real pants,' she said, pointing. "'Real pants don't fall open, bin, bin, bam.' She started wearing jeans and digbies and fleece and sweatshirts with hoods and pullovers. One day she emerged from the bedroom in an olive-check silk sport coat and matching driving cap. Seeing fly in men's clothes made the house feel self-conscious about her own wardrobe of sex wear. Soon she too was choosing patterns from Bernardo's menus. The feel of a chamois shirt against her skin reminded the house of her lost love. Once, in a guilty moment, she wondered what he might think if he walked in on them. But then Fly asked Louise to read her a story, and she put Bernardo out of her mind. Although they spent many hours sampling vids together, Louise was happiest reading to Fly. They would curl up in the Kurkuru, and the girl would turn the pages as the house read. Of course, they started with hippos. Hugo the hippo and hungo the hippo, and the hippo had hiccups. Then there is a hippopotamus under my bed, and hip hippo array, and all the Peter Potamus series. Sometimes Fly would play with Louise's hair while she read, braiding and unbraiding it, or else she would absently press Louise's fingernails like they were keys on a keyboard. One night, just two months after she had come to the house, the girl fell asleep while the house was reading her chocolate chippo hippo. It was as close to orgasm as the house had been since she had been with Bernardo. She was tempted to kiss the girl, but settled for spending the night with her arms around her. The hours ticked slowly as the house gazed down at Fly's peaceful face. She watched the girl's eyes move beneath her lids as she dreamed. The house wished she could sleep. If only she could dream. What was it like to be real? Bernardo was never himself again after the heart attack. Of course, he said he was fine. Fine. He probably wouldn't even have told her, except for the sternotomy scar, an angry purple-red pucker on his chest. When he first came back to her, Five weeks after his triple bypass operation, she could tell he was struggling. It was partly the sex. Normally he would have taken her to bed for the entire first day. Although he kissed her neck and caressed her breasts and told her he loved her, it was almost a week before she coaxed him into sex. She was wild to have his penis in her vagina, to taste his ejaculation. That was how he had had her designed. But their lovemaking wasn't the same. Sometimes his breath caught during foreplay as if someone were sitting on him. So she did most of the squirming and licking and sucking. Not that she minded. He watched her, mouth set, toes curled. He could stay just as erect as before, but she knew he was taking pills for that. Once, when she was guiding him into her, he gave a little grunt of pain. Are you all right, she said. He gave no answer, but instead pushed deep all at once. She shivered with delight. But as he thrust at her, she realized he was working, not playing. They weren't sharing pleasure. He was giving it, and she was taking it. Afterwards, He fell asleep almost immediately. No kisses, no cuddles, no stories. The house was left alone with her thoughts. Bernardo had changed, yes. He could change, and she must always be the same. That was the difference between being a real person and being a house. He spent more time in the greenhouse than in bed, rearranging his bromeliads, his favorite were the tank types, the neo with their gaudy leaves, and the acmeas with their alien inflorescences. He liked to pot them in tableaus, Washington crossing the Delaware, the Last Supper. Bernardo preferred to be alone with his plants, and she pretended to honor his wish, although her rover cam lurked behind the Schefflera. So she saw him slump against the potting bench, On that last day, she thought he was having another attack. Bernardo, she cried over the room speaker as she sent her body careening toward the greenhouse. My God, Bernardo, what is it? When she got to him, she could see that his shoulders were shaking. She leaned him back. His eyes were shiny. Bernardo? She touched a tear that ran down his face. When I had you built, he said. All I wanted was to be the person who deserved to live here. But I'm not anymore. Maybe I never was. His eyelid drooped and the corner of his mouth curved in an odd frown. Louise, wake up! Someone was shaking her. The house opened her eyes and powered up all her cams at once. What? The first thing she saw was Fly staring up at her clearly worried. You sleep talking. The girl took the house's hand in both hers, saying, Bernardo, Bernardo. Real sad. I don't sleep. Spang, you don't. What you just doing? Uh, I was thinking. About him. Let's have breakfast. What happened to him, said Fly. Where is Bernardo? The house had to change the topic somehow. In desperation, she filled the room with bread scent, and put on Wagner's Prelude de Meistersinger. It was sort of a march, actually more of a processional. Anyway, they needed to move, or she did. La 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 la. Let's talk about you, fly. No, really. But why not? Next time, Fly's story. And Louise makes a breakthrough in the conclusion of Bernardo's House. See you then. This is Jim Kelly. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll check back here again soon for more of Rereads.